eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. To the cheeseheads who want it fresh... And the ones who think Lambeau is a cathedral. This is Pax What She Said. Now, here's Perry Goldstein and Maggie Loney. Because it's been a few days, so we've had some time to digest, read some things. How are we feeling? I mean, I think it was kind of funny because I, I think I was like making dinner. I don't even remember what I was doing. And Mark was like, oh, congrats on the new DC. And I'm like, who? <laughs> You're like, what? And then he's like, oh, Jeff Halfley. And I'm like, that means nothing to me. You know, like I, I like I know some college coaches. Jack Heflin? No. Yeah, I'm like, no. Ooh, what? <laughs> the trash can full of dirt is coaching in the NFL now. But yeah, so it was one of those like, oh, I'll have to do some more research. And then once I sat down and like, you know, people started um like pulling clips. Shout out to Joey who uh found some some cutups right away of like his defensive philosophy like it was really exciting because everything i kept seeing was like oh so it's like the anti joe berry like it the, i was like okay i'm in Be like whatever whatever other research i need to do I, i'm in yeah the first thing i saw was uh, when i was pulling stuff up was like here's a 40 minute clinic on press man i was like oh here we go <laughs> oh here we go yeah i i was kind of off the internet for a while. So I found out from, I've got a group chat with my brothers who are big, big Packers fans. My youngest brother specifically is like huge into the college world. He's into, he's on college recruiting message boards. Like he's, he's deep into this world of following this stuff. So he knew him because apparently Halfley is a very, was a very well-regarded recruiter. Apparently uh, like Florida, Georgia, Alabama, were all trying to get him on their staff as a defensive coach, but also as a recruiter. So he spoke highly of him before I even really looked into him. So I, I was kind of same with you guys. I, the, all those names, I feel like we tracked so much, dude. We tracked so much of like the interviews and informed opinion about these guys and all of this. And I think later then we found out like Wink Martindale was apparently in for an interview that we yeah, didn't know yeah, about. Didn't so even know. they just announced the ones that like, uh, here, here's the names you probably want to hear. And then they sneak in a handful of people underneath. So my, my initial response was just came from my brother knowing him. And I was like, I don't know much about him, 
but he's excited about him. So that's good. And then the more I kind of read and I, I watched that entire 40 minute press man uh, thing, which was, which was cool. And the, the more I got into it, I went from, I don't know who this guy is. I don't know how I feel about it too. I'm still, I'm still hedging a little bit, but I think vibes are high. I think I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm getting, getting more hyped about it for sure. Yeah. I, I think my take on it is again, like I'm still learning about his scheme and I think, to be honest, we're not going to know anything until he starts to come into the building and we see how this defense looks on the field, right? Because right now it's all speculation and theoretical and we can look at kind of some of the things that he's put on tape and think about the way it will translate to the Packers and that's all well and good and we won't really know. Um, what I really like about him, I think big picture, is that I really like that he has experience in the NFL. He was a DB's coach. He's been around the league. He's worked under some really, you know, successful coaching trees. Um, guys who have also coached very successful defenses. Salah, you know, Shanahan's an offensive guy, but obviously a very successful coach. Then he left and he said, I'm going to do, I want to call my own defense. I'm going to go do this my way. Um, and it meant doing that in the college, in the college world. Okay, fine. Not in the NFL. Um, but he was very successful. Okay. It's one year, but small sample size, but it was very successful. Um, and then he went and got his head coaching gig, which you can say what you want about it, but I think it's fair to say the BC program was one that needed to be totally overhauled. It's not, you know, your big SEC, et cetera, with all the resources. There's lots of variables in the college world at the moment that probably limit um, your ability to be successful and um, potentially stifle your ability to turn around a small program really quickly. So I don't judge him too harshly on the BC but more so what he was able to do as a defensive play caller. So I like that he has kind of both of that, right? He's going to bring some fun things from college. He has NFL experience, right? He's not just like a college guy who's never worked in the NFL before. Yeah. Cause Maggie and I have said on the show, I don't love that idea of someone who's like green in the NFL. Cause it's a very different game. Um, and he even talked about that in an interview, like acknowledging the differences especially on defense calling between the college and, and NFL. Um, so I think it's a really nice synergistic marriage of his experience coming um, and now being in DC in green Bay. Um, again, I have no idea what it's going to look like on the field. Um, I think we'll dive into Dusty some of the things you've seen on tape, but I think ex his experience in terms of like steps in your career wise, this like makes sense. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. Mm-hmm. And like one of the things that I, I saw too right away immediately, because there's always, you know, takes the second that a decision is made. And one of them was that the Boston College defense had not been incredibly successful under his leadership. And I think the argument there, you know, on the flip side of that is also the talent pool that you're looking at. He went from Ohio State 
and those pieces, Jeff Akuda, who I'm sure we're going to get into later in the show, to a Boston College defense where the last defensive player drafted was Isaiah McDuffie. And I've always loved Boston College because of one BJ Raji and some other Harold Landry, some players that I really liked out of Boston College. But they historically do not have, you know, the same prowess in just on that side of the ball in general. Zay Flowers obviously just came from there on the offensive side. But yeah, really hard to evaluate. One AJ Dillon. One AJ well yeah, but I mean like it's hard to evaluate what he was able to do when the talent pool is not, like you said, the resources are not what they are at Ohio state in Boston college. No, for sure. Yeah. And that's the tricky thing. And that was when I was watching it, that's what was kind of fun. So I started with 2023 Boston college because my, my thought process is like, I know Ohio state, everyone was talking, watch Ohio state, watch Ohio state. I knew that's a different animal. And also like four years is a long time in football. Mm -hmm. So like, as far as like a lot of the sim pressure, creeper pressures, all the stuff that's been in vogue a lot more lately, I want to see how that's kind of incorporated in his game. And so I started 2023 and it looks a certain way. And we talk about that in a second. And so I watched four, I think I'm five or six games to 2023. Now I went back to Ohio state. It looks wildly different because again, they mentioned it's like, it's, it's Chase Young. It's what Pete Werner, uh, Jeff Akuda, uh, Tough Borland. Like there's that defense is stacked. Like you look at that, and that was straight four down linemen. Linebackers hugged up close because they could recover because all those guys had speed. Press man at the edges. All those guys. Like there was two inches between the cornerback and the wide receiver. Like they're in their face in a single high safety. And then you go to Boston college and it's, it's much more, the corners are off. They're still being aggressive, but the corners were off. They had one safety that was kind of high, but offset another one kind of milling around back there. The linebackers were set back a little bit deeper because they could rally to the ball. But then for the, for the passes, they like, it was just all of these things that you could see. And that's what I kind of thought was, was fun about it. Fun. It's fun about it was watching this and going like, okay, you could see like, you can see the bones of what he wants to do. Like they're still roughly the same, but he couldn't do that. And I've not gone back to like his first year of BC, but he couldn't do what he wanted to do clearly with the guys he had. So he took whatever his bones, whatever the bones of his scheme were, whatever he really wanted to accomplish and molded that around the guys he could do now. And they were still like, I was watching, uh, I think the FSU game last night, which was one of those, <laughs> everything looked great. Like everything you could tell, like, I think there's motion pre-snap and there's communication. The guy's hand signal, they motion, they, they spin the safeties around to take care of like the jet motion. They have a switch release at the line. The guys cover that up perfectly. It's a play action. Linebacker comes up when he sees the crosser behind him, he turns, he does like the robot thing where he turns, finds the crosser. The only problem is that that linebacker ran, I swear to God, like a four, nine, five. So he could not catch up with the writers. It was, well, it was like, everyone was what doing what they were supposed to be doing like clearly like all the lessons they had all those drilled everyone knew exactly what they're supposed to be doing but then at the end of it like well the talent just couldn't keep up you had you had a linebacker who like was clearly not fit to keep up with an fsu wide receiver on like a 4-4 across the field like that that just kind of happens but the one of the things that's one of the things i've listening to different things about halfway i think people talking about him what everyone says is what a good teacher he is. Mm -hmm. And that's, what's been so good. That's the thing, like the communication, you can see that on the field, you can see the pre-snap, you can see the post-snap, you see the way they, they pass stuff off. You can tell it used to be a DB coach because of that stuff. And that's what I think more than anything, that's what excited me was how much like to a man, everyone's saying like, we love him. He's, he's a good teacher, good communicator, good teacher. Then you hear him talk and he talks about how much he loves the kids, how much he loves like coaching ball. And it sounds like one of the reasons he left BC, as you were kind of alluding to, he wants to coach ball. And he talked about that. Was that the 
Adam Brenneman podcast he did like the day mm-hmm. before he was hired. It was something to the effect of, I think he said like all the NIL and transfer portals. He goes, I don't have a problem with the NIL stuff. Like get, get your money, but there's no rules around this. And it's just the wild, wild West. And like, he's got two small kids and it's, you can't, there's no stop in this. And so it kind of sounds like a guy who like, I just want to coach football. Like he seems yeah. like a good coach, well-respected, good communicator. And then you can see him change up his scheme with the guys that he has. And he just wants to coach ball. So I'm after kind of reading through a bunch and watching those games, I, I certainly feel better about it than I did. Cause there is a, there's a level of flexibility there um, that you could, that is very apparent if you jump from 2019 to 2023, which is a lot of fun.